Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Come Follow Me Today, a brief message to help us experience an additional spiritual moment in our otherwise complicated lives. My name is Caleb Sanford, and thank you for joining me as we accept Christ's invitation to follow him today. If you're joining us for the first time, we're studying the Old Testament of the Bible this year, loosely following the study curriculum of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm a few days late on this episode, but we're going to get back on track. Well, when we last left the family of Israel, everything was all good. The children of Jacob and their families had settled into the land of Goshen in Egypt and were building a life for themselves there. Decades pass, and Joseph has now grown old. Quote, And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die, and God will surely visit you, and bring you out of this land unto the land which he sware to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. So Joseph died, being an hundred and ten years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. This signals the end of the Genesis, or beginning, of mankind and the people of Israel. The original 12 patriarchs of the house of Israel have now passed away, and it's time for the real history to begin. And this is where things start to get bleak. Quote, And Joseph died, and all his brethren and all that generation. And the children of Israel were fruitful, and increased abundantly, and multiplied, and waxed exceedingly mighty. And the land was filled with them. Now there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply, and it come to pass, that when there falleth out any war, they join also unto our enemies, and fight against us, and so get them up out of the land. Therefore they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens, and they built for Pharaoh treasure cities. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew." And they were grieved because of the children of Israel. And the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor, and they made their lives bitter with hard bondage. So the people of Israel are now enslaved to the Egyptians because the new Pharaoh was scared that they might rise up against the Egyptians. When Israel continued to grow despite the servitude they were in, Pharaoh took their bondage to a new level and started killing babies. Quote, And the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives, and he said, When ye do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women, and see them upon the stools, if it be a son, then ye shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then she shall live. And Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, Every son that is born ye shall cast into the river, and every daughter ye shall save alive. End quote. Well, during this horrific period in Israel's history, a boy named Moses was born. Afraid for his life, his mother placed him in a basket and set him in the river to avoid being caught and killed. In a twist of irony, the baby was found by Pharaoh's own daughter, who took the baby in and raised it as her own. As Moses grew older, he began to see the mistreatment of his people by the Egyptians and wasn't happy with what was happening. One day, while watching an Egyptian beat an Israelite, something snaps in Moses and he kills the Egyptian. Once Pharaoh finds out this, he put a warrant out for Moses' arrest. And so Moses flees Egypt to the land of Midian, where he finds refuge with a priest and his family. Quote, And it came to pass in process of time that the king of Egypt died, and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage, and they cried, and their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. And God heard their groaning. And God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. 
end quote. The people of Israel are suffering, and God is hearing their cries. The covenant that God made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that their seed would be as numerous as the stars in the heaven, and that all nations would be blessed by their family, has stalled, and God is ready to take action. So he appears to Moses one day out in the fields in the form of a burning bush. Quote, and the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows, and I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land unto a good land and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. End quote. Uh, what? That's what Moses is thinking. You want me to go back to Egypt, where I have a warrant out for my arrest, because I killed an Egyptian, and you want me to go to Pharaoh and free your people? Quote, and Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? End quote. The Lord just asked Moses to do an impossible task, and Moses can't even start to imagine how he could do such a thing. He doesn't have confidence in himself to do it, but God does. Quote, and God said, certainly I will be with thee. And Moses said unto God, but when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, the God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, what is his name? What shall I say unto them? End quote. Again, Moses just can't see himself being successful. He doesn't even know what to say to his own people, who probably think him a traitor anyway for growing up as an Egyptian. Quote, And God said unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers hath sent me unto you. The Lord God of your fathers appeared unto me, saying, I have surely visited you, and seen that which is done to you in Egypt. And I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt unto a land flowing with milk and honey, and they shall hearken to thy voice, End quote. God is telling Moses what to do and that the people will listen to him and then explains to him the plan of how to approach Pharaoh and what will happen after he does that. But even after assuring Moses that he will be successful, even after God himself explained to Moses the plan, the divinely created plan for freeing God's covenanted people, Moses still doubts himself, doubts his ability to do what he's being asked to do. Quote, and Moses answered and said, but behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they, for they will say, the Lord hath not appeared unto thee. End quote. Well, God knows that the people will listen, but to comfort Moses, he gives them a few magic spells to cast, if needed, to show the people that he was legit turning his shepherd's staff into a snake, making his hand able to toggle between leprosy and healthy skin, turning water into blood, that sort of thing. But even then, even after Moses saw he had the power to work mighty signs to the people, seeing the power of God work through him, he still doubted himself. Quote, and Moses said unto the Lord, O oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. End quote. But even now, even after God himself told him that he will be with Moses in the moment, and tell him what he should say, 
Moses still is terrified of the task. Quote, and he said, O oh my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. End quote. Moses wants out. He can't do it. He wants God to ask someone else. You and I are asked to do hard things also in our lives. It's really easy in those situations to doubt ourselves, our gifts, our ability to be successful, whether it comes to getting married, having children, getting a new job, overcoming a health challenge, performing well in a new calling at church, or sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with others. If Moses, who had the voice of God himself encouraging him on, directly providing him with the tools needed to be successful, if even then Moses struggled to have the courage to press on, what chance do you and I have when we don't have a burning bush in front of us and may not feel like we have clear communication with God about what we should do? Well, Regardless of whether we can see God talking to us from a burning bush, let's remember that the encouragement and counsel that he gave to Moses as a descendant of Abraham and as someone who is called to do an important work, that these words apply to you and I just as much. Quote, I have surely seen the affliction of my people and have heard their cry, for I know their sorrows. Certainly I will be with thee. I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt unto a land flowing with milk and honey. And they shall hearken to thy voice. Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. God is aware of our circumstances. He has heard our cries, and will deliver you and I just as he promised to deliver the people of Israel. He will be with us along our journey. We will be inspired with what to say to those around us. And while the journey for the Israelites was not easy, and won't be for us either, Let's remember the end of the story, quote, and it came to pass that the Lord did bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, end quote. If you and I accept the calls we receive to do hard things and put our trust in the Lord's promises to us and accept our Savior's invitation to come and follow him, then one day we too will make it out of our own personal Egypt. Thank you for listening today, and I'll see you next week.